Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel show. Oh, yeah. Monday Gun Day with the gun guy here on the Hammer and Nigel show. To a attorney, to a instructor, an all-around damn fine American, Guy Relford, how are you? Man, I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day, that's Premier Arms in Brownsburg, with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest, and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. Thank you again for coming by our charity event on Friday up at uh, Woodland, the Royal Pin Lane with Jack Daniels, man. I appreciate that. Oh, man. Are you kidding? That was such a cool event. It was so fun to come by there, see you and Nige, see Jerry, um, and uh, and see Tony Kennett. And uh, I'll tell you what, these are some of my favorite human beings on the planet. <laughs> and uh, you guys were all there and socializing, and we had a couple of beers. Couple. Air quotes right there. We had a couple of beers. We had a couple of beers, all safe and responsible wise. Sure. And uh, I thought it was just fabulous. And you were raising money for veterans uh, with the Red we're red, red, white, white and, bowl. Blue and yeah. bowl. Well, what a fabulous event. Woodland Bowl is a great facility. I was just knocked out. I was having a blast the whole time I was there. Well, thank you again, both of you guys, Jerry and Guy and uh, Tony Kennett, for coming out to hang out with us. All right. Let's talk about what's going to happen Wednesday, Guy. House Bill 1235. This is kind of a big deal. Walk me through this. This is a huge deal. And what this is, is this reinforces the idea that a, a gun manufacturer or retailer who lawfully manufactures and or sells a gun cannot be sued when somebody takes that gun and goes off and commits a criminal act with it. In other words, if, if, if Ford sells a pickup truck and somebody buys that pickup truck and they, they go out and they run over a bunch of people at a parade, you know, nobody sues Ford. But, but the gun industry has been such a under such an attack for so long, and a strategy of the anti-gun people is to try to sue the gun industry out of existence based on an alleged argument that it's the gun industry's fault that people murder each other. It's never the bad guy's fault. It's literally everybody else's fault but the perpetrator. Exactly. And we've got this lawsuit going on in Gary. It's called City of Gary versus Glock. That's just what we call it. It's, it's Glock, Smith & Wesson, virtually every manufacturer of firearm out there. And it's basically the City of Gary uh, trying to say that it's the gun industry's fault that we have uh, people shooting each other in Gary. And it's ludicrous. And, and the existing statutes, both of the federal level called the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, and there's a, a state uh, parallel act, are designed to prevent this exact kind of litigation. But the judge up there has gone way out of their... Well, by the way, this has been pending for 
24 years. One lawsuit been pending for 24 years. And the legislature keeps trying to say, no, you cannot have this kind of a lawsuit in Indiana. And and let me tell you, the fact that this is still pending, it's costing Indiana uh, a lot of money in the sense that there are, there are firearms industry jobs that are companies that would love to move to Indiana. And it would we'd love to move out of you know like Connecticut, New York, and Massachusetts places where they've been targeted for frivolous lawsuits before. Exactly, but because the city of Gary lawsuits pending, and this and and according to the courts anyway, right now in Indiana, you can still get sued as a manufacturer in in uh, of firearms in Indiana. They're going no, no, I'm sorry, we'll go somewhere like Texas or whatever that provides us the appropriate level of protection. So this is this is a bill. 1235 that would say no, only the state of Indiana could bring a lawsuit um, against any gun manufacturer or whatnot, and any local government like the city of Gary uh, or any other local municipality cannot bring any such lawsuit. And that would that would allow it says to bring a lawsuit or maintain a lawsuit. And that would uh, hopefully put an end to this ridiculous lawsuit going on in Gary. And this is a big deal. It's a big deal um, for the for the for the frankly for the economy of Indiana. It's a big deal for the gun industry generally. And we hope it passes. But it's set for a hearing this Wednesday in the Judiciary Committee in the House at eight thirty in the morning uh, in the House. And and listen, we need people to show up because I'll guarantee you the anti-gun people will be there. Right, the and moms I, demand action. Absolutely, all of those folks are going to be there. And we need the the two A project members. That's the reason I formed the two A project. So we have people to show up for, to things exactly like this uh, because we need to voice support for this because this is a big deal because we need to cut off this kind of BS litigation, frivolous litigation against the gun industry right here in Indiana. Do people showing up matter? Does that really sway people one way or the other? You know, you wouldn't think so, right? Because some of these hearing rooms are kind of small. And I've been doing this for a long time, man. I spent a lot of time over at the State House. And, and look, look, for years, we'd be fighting for something like uh, constitutional carry, right? And we'd, we'd show up to these hearing rooms, and it'd be me and the local NRA rep. And then the whole room's full of people in red T-shirts to say, Moms Demand Action. And, uh, and you know, you wouldn't think. That just that room of people with, I don't know, maybe 50 or 100 people in it at most would make that much of a difference? Let me tell you, it just does, man. Really? It changes the dynamic in the room. It just does. And uh, and that's one of the big reasons we got constitutional carry passed last year. I mean, I formed the 2A project in 2020, focused on constitutional carry specifically, but more generally, fighting for gun rights in Indiana. And last year, well, last year, 2022, when we finally got that uh, passed when we had those hearings, it was it was me, it was the NRA guy, and then it was three quarters of the room w- of people with two A project T shirts on, nice who were there, who were very clear clear there to support it, and all of a sudden those legislators who were kind of leaning in our direction anyway and had been for some time all of a sudden they were just that much that much more comfortable in uh, voting to get it out of committee and listen once it went to the to the floor in the house and the senate we knew it was going to pass because not those people were not going to vote against it and then be responsible for that back to their constituency back in their districts um is there any other industry that we hold accountable for the way that people use their products 
You know, that's a great question. I can't think of one. I like we don't I mean, go after alcohol sales for right. people being drunk and driving. We don't, to your point, we don't go after the manufacturers of cars for people running over parades. We don't go. So is this literally the only industry that we try to hold accountable for the way that people have lawfully purchased their weapon or, or unlawfully, which means you're already a criminal, so it doesn't matter. Right. Well, I mean, the closest thing I can think of, I mean, you mentioned alcohol, Jerry, and it's such a good question. I mean, we'll say, okay, if you're a bar or, or a restaurant and somebody's obviously intoxicated and you continue to sell them alcohol and they go out and hurt somebody, there's something called a, a dram shop action where you can go back and sue the bar, but that's based on their fault. Their, their knowledge that that person is intoxicated and they didn't care, they'd rather get the five bucks for a beer and sell them you know, more alcohol and they go out and hurt somebody. But beyond that... But we, still have, but we do have laws that say, like, if I show up to your gun store and you don't run the appropriate background check, you don't do... Then you're responsible. Well, that's right. And by the way, none of this would protect a, a gun store against, say, selling a defective gun. They knew it's, Let's say they take in a gun, a used gun, they know it's defective, they don't care, they sell it, and somebody gets hurt. That, this doesn't protect them. It doesn't protect the gun industry. Like, uh, I'm getting ready to file a big lawsuit uh, um, against a gun manufacturer um, because they sold a, a defective gun that uh, was known to cause, um, it was known to... to for, to have the firearm discharge if it hits in a certain way when it hits the ground. And they knew that happened and they sold it anyway. And 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 listen, that's because I want to hold people responsible who are truly responsible. But this kind of immunity doesn't um, doesn't protect the industry or a seller against anything they do wrong. They sell a de defective product or they break the law, going back to your question, um, when they sell a gun. So no. Monday Gun Day with Guy Relford. So we've talked about House Bill 1235, and that hearing is Wednesday morning. Talk to me about Senate Bill 28. This involves discriminatory financial services practices. Yeah, this is kind of cool. This is a neat bill, and I was kind of surprised when I read it because it has a it has a great impact potentially on, on people who are engaged in the gun industry, but it's broader than that. What it says is that financial institutions, so banks, credit card processors, et cetera, can't discriminate based on a, a social credit score. And if you haven't heard that term... What the hell is a social credit score? Well, there are banks and institutions out there that put together a social credit score. For like, for instance, your company, based on for whether you have a uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion program at your company, whether you hire based on affirmative action, whether um, you are associated with a fossil fuels industry. So woke bullcrap. That's the layman's term here. Woke bullcrap. I wish I'd said that. <laughs> I, could, I could have saved 30 minutes of your broadcast, 30 seconds, 30 seconds of your broadcast if I said it that way. No, you're exactly right. So um, what this says is that financial institutions in Indiana cannot discriminate against uh, businesses or individual based on a social credit score that includes your participation in the uh, firearms industry. But it's much broader than that. We can talk it's, about, you know, maybe me being on Twitter, being a conservative activist. Now you're considered an extremist. You shouldn't be able to purchase a weapon. Right. That's your social credit score. You were alive on January 6th. Therefore, you probably right. stormed the Capitol. Or you, or you were at the Capitol, <laughs> but you never went in. You never broke any laws. But now we're not going to sell you a weapon because of that. Right. Well, and, but, but what's really, really important is you're right. But it's broader than that because, for instance, if you want to start a new business, no, we won't make you a business loan. 
Wow. Be based on your social credit score that includes your activism on those kind of issues. That's 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 what we're talking so it's about. It's like pre-red flag. Oh, yeah. Or we won't uh, process your credit cards for your business because of your social credit score, because you're associated with the fossil fuels industry or you're associated with, with a fire industry. we got to hit a break right here. Let's hit a real quick timeout. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. we got Guy Rolford with us, Monday, Gunday, here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. You know, Guy, to get back to what we were saying before about the uh, social credit score and how that can be used against you, that when the Canadian truckers did the protesting out there, they all got debanked, and they, they lost access to their bank accounts. Not only them, but family members as well who weren't even involved. Oh, man, it's such a great point, Jerry, and I'm glad you raised that. And it goes back to what happened. And listen, a bunch of the anti-gun folks, the Bloomberg organizations, the Brady campaign and whatnot, they came out several years ago, and they announced Operation Choke Point. And you know what Operation Choke Point was? It was basically a, 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 a program that says, we can't get through Congress on gun control that we want to get through. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to financial institutions, and we're going to force the gun industry out of business by, by basically getting the, gun in, or the financial industry to not do business. With anybody associated with firearms, and they and, and and it's the insurance agency saying insurance industry saying don't insure these people. The banks don't do business with them. The credit card companies don't process their credit cards, and and they're saying we can put them out of business, um, even though they're legitimate, honest, law-abiding American businesses and industries. We can put them out of business through the financial industry. That's the attack. Well. So we learn something every day here. See, I thought Operation Choke Point was that final play call that the Colts had against the Texans. <laughs> I had no idea. We learned something here. Uh, Guy, we got about a minute left here. Um, there's some information that came out from the Crime Prevention Research Center yeah. that states 94%, 94% of mass public shootings since 1950, so this is a pretty big body of work here, have taken place in gun-free zones. Yeah, when you talk about the Crime Prevention Research Center, that's Dr. John Lott, and uh, he's a stud. He's a statistician, uh, a PhD, and he does the research, and he's been on my show uh, a number of times, and uh, he gets his stuff right. And what that shows you is that when we have these anti-gun people out there campaigning and say, well, we need less guns in less places, and let's pass these laws that make more places gun-free zones, like uh, like our own beloved Joe Hogsett wants to make Indianapolis a gun-free zone with his new anti-gun proposals here, right here in Indianapolis, what that shows you is you're just encouraging the bad guys to come in here and murder people unfettered, uh, you know, and, and listen, you know, I represented uh, Eli Dickin, the hero in the Greenwood Park Mall shooting, and uh, and is the Greenwood Park Mall, based on the policies of of the Simon Malls was a gun-free zone. You're not allowed to have a gun in there. And Eli violated that. And people say, oh, well, he violated their store policy. Yes, he did. And because of that, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60, I don't know how many people are alive today. There were people, I swear to you, people that were upset 
that he saved the yes. day that oh, way. Oh, oh, I had to go out on social media. Oh, the there was, what's her name? Uh, the lady from The View said, oh, he broke the law. He did not break the law, and he saved lives. A but, local yeah. TV station here referred to him as the second gunman wow. in that yes. shooting. Oh, wow. no, that was, that was our buddy Russ, absolutely. <laughs> We're up against it real quick. Where can we find you at, my friend? Uh, Guy Relford on Twitter, man. Guy Relford on Twitter. You are the best. Thank you for coming in. Thanks, guys. That's Guy Relford, best two-way attorney in America. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.